0: Hi everybody and welcome back to the Digital Diamonds podcast. For today's episode, I am so excited. If you guys can see my face right now, I'm like smiling to both ears. I don't know if you say that in English, but yeah, I just translated this German saying into English. But anyway, I'm so excited. Oh my god. <laughs> because I interviewed one of my biggest role models, mentors, inspirations ever. Sean Cannell. Oh my gosh, I still cannot believe it and I'm so grateful, so excited that I get to share this podcast interview with you guys. If you guys don't know Sean Cannell, then Oh my gosh, where have you been? Sean Cannell is a YouTuber, international speaker, and coach that helps entrepreneurs to build their influence and income with online video. He is co-author of the best-selling book, YouTube Secrets. He's founder of Video Ranking Academy, which is an incredible online learning program to help you create standout and really successful YouTube channels I took his courses and I consumed so much of his video that I can guarantee you guys without Sean's mentorship without Sean's help I would have never started my YouTube channel right so Sean is really such a big mentor for me and his own YouTube channel Think Media TV which I think I've been subscribed to for over five or six years has now over 850,000 subscribers and he has also been featured in many magazines and he's just such an incredible person and what I love most about Sean is his incredible passion, his fire, his energy. Like you're gonna tell as soon as he starts talking in this interview like he knows what he's talking about he's so fired up and I'm so excited for this interview because Sean and I we really really talked about so many different things we talked about obviously YouTube tactics strategies really strategies as well that are relevant now in 2019 how to really stand out and create a successful online brand now in the you know new market and everything but we also talked about a limiting belief and fears and how, you know, even now, Sean, that he's so successful, he has like a team of over 10 people he still has limiting beliefs and fears every day. We talk about his habits and how he really stays disciplined, motivated, because in all honesty, guys, I don't think I follow anyone online who has so much discipline, motivation, and just this fire like Sean has. And we also talk about really creating a mission-driven brand online. We talk about mindset. We really go into so much detail in this podcast episode. Sean gives so much value. I cannot even describe to you how grateful I am that he took the time out of his busy schedule to talk to you guys and to talk to me for this interview so yeah I will leave all of Sean's links down below in the show notes obviously I would be so grateful if you guys would check him out subscribe you guys will not regret it he will just enrich your life so 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 much even if you don't want to start a YouTube channel like his drive his passion is still so inspiring he gives so many social media tips as well he's just an incredible person I cannot recommend you guys um, Sean enough I also linked his book YouTube Secrets which you definitely have to check out as well and I also linked Video Ranking Academy which again is a course that I took myself and that is really how I learned all of the tools and tricks and strategies and hacks that I am um, used to build my own YouTube channel and I also use those strategies and tools to help my clients build their YouTube channel. So Sean is really an incredible person and I will stop rambling now and go ahead with this interview and also I don't know if you can tell but in the beginning I was so nervous like. Oh my gosh, I will definitely record another episode on that, on how I like deal with fear and nervousness and anxiety and stuff like that, because I definitely felt super nervous before this episode, so you could probably tell in the beginning, but I'm not gonna edit a lot out, because I just love how authentic and real our conversation is, so anyway, I'm gonna stop rambling now, and let's get started with this podcast interview with Sean Cannell. Wow, I interviewed freaking Sean Cannell, oh my god, okay, okay, I'm gonna stop talking now. This is the Digital Diamonds podcast, helping your business shine bright online. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm a student entrepreneur and YouTuber. I help female entrepreneurs to create standout YouTube channels and show up with the most badass, confident version of themselves online. Let's get you the online visibility and attention that you need to build your own girlboss empire. Today I'm interviewing Sean, who literally has been like one of my big role models like on YouTube for so many years. I'm so grateful that he took the chance and the, the time today to talk to us. And so I don't know if you can tell, guys, but I'm, I'm really excited. So um, I will hand the word to Sean so he can introduce himself, if you guys don't know him. So, Sean, hello. You can introduce yourself. <laughs>
1: Awesome, Laura. I'm so pumped to be on the Digital Diamonds podcast. And yeah, uh, my passion is helping people build their influence with online video. And uh, I wrote a book with my friend Benji called YouTube Secrets. And I've been actually doing YouTube for over 12 years now. The first channel I started was in 2007. Of course, making a ton (laughs) of mistakes, terrified to get on camera, doing everything wrong. But now my passion is helping people learn online video and really how to build their influence income so that they can make a greater impact yeah. leveraging the power of YouTube and these social media platforms.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it, Sean, so much. Okay. I really just want to get straight in and I want to, to talk about one of my favorite topics. And I know it's also one of your favorite topics, which is niche and really niching down, finding your, your area of expertise and all of that. So my first question is, Um, A lot of my listeners, they're just like me, they are multi-passionate, right? So they're entrepreneurs, they maybe have like different passions, and I kind of struggle with bringing all of those passions into one consistent brand online and also with YouTube. So what do you recommend do you have like any tips specifically for multi-passionate entrepreneurs when it comes to um, finding a niche? Is it like, do we have to choose one thing or can we combine, like, can we combine two niches or like, what's, what's your advice? Like, what's your advice on that?
1: This is a great topic. I've got a, a, actually a few different kind of frameworks and ideas mm-hmm. for you. I think. The first thing to consider is that, um, you know, there's, it's kind of well known, especially in online marketing, there's a phrase that says the riches are in the niches. Mm-hmm. And you really got to, sh- you know, start small, in my opinion, to get big. Yeah. You want to niche down And especially first, and let me give some examples, Um, you know, here in the U.S., um, there's a pretty famous conservative radio broadcaster and influencer really named Dave Ramsey, Mm -hmm. and he teaches people finances. A lot of people know him. Have you ever heard of him, Financial Peace University?
0: I have heard of him, but I don't follow him, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I wouldn't expect you to, but ultimately he's been doing this for 25 years oh, and wow. he started with just one thing, helping people with personal finance, one mm. very big niche. In fact, he was mm. helping people get out of debt and create a debt snowball. He had baby steps of getting out of debt, but here's the thing. He started small, to get big. He started small with just personal finance, but over time today, now he's got a leadership podcast called Entree Leadership. He's got an empire. He's got multiple different brands teaching boutique business. He, I mean, he can throw a marriage conference and sell the thing out. But I think one of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is they go too broad too soon. You want to get known for one thing. There's a well-known social media influencer and five times New York Times bestselling author named Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm, obviously. <laughs> People love him. People are asking him nowadays about parenting advice, leadership, how do you build a company? How do you, you know, his social media advice, how do you build a team? But he broke through and showed up on the map actually for wine. People might not realize that he started with a show called Wine Library TV. It was Mm -hmm. just about wine. And here's what happened. Because he started in a niche, he did 100 episodes, 1,000, I should say, Mm -hmm. over a few years, a couple of years of a ghost town for those that are maybe discouraged. Like, I'm not really getting the views yet. You got to put the time in. He he, he mentions that it was like two years before it even really got traction. Mm -hmm. But what happened was it then blew his brand up because he was using social media to build his business, which then he was able to like shift over to become this social media and business expert. Why? Because he'd actually done it in a niche, right? In something specific. And so I think that when you say, do you have any advice for multi-passionate entrepreneurs? The first thing is there, I don't know of an entrepreneur that's not multi-passionate. That's Mm. not a a particular type. That's like all of us, man. I I come up with like 10 ideas every day. (laughs) I'm I'm distracted. I want to start like four new projects and I'm tired of the current projects by the afternoon. I mean, just like, yes. you know, so I think, right? Like the struggle is real. And so mm-hmm. I think that as entrepreneurs, what we actually have to kind of do is make a conscious decision to even be disciplined mm-hmm. because you need to start small to get big. You get known for one thing and eventually you can be a little bit more influential about everything. Even uh, I think about YouTubers that have blown up. My friend Judy Travis, she has got like 1.5 million mm-hmm. subscribers for her vlog channel now. That's the co-author's wife of YouTube Secrets. Yes. And she, mm-hmm. But she started in makeup. People say, how can I just do a vlog about my life, about everything I'm into, and a lot of times, unless you're like really creative and you're some kind of a unicorn, you get lucky. It just doesn't work. What happens is she got known for makeup tutorials, beauty tutorials, but then people got interested in her life. And now they want to know, what about parenting? What about kids? What about food? What about other things? So you got to start small to get big. There's a, the, this largest independent YouTuber right now, PewDiePie lately has been doing all kinds of content. He's been doing comedy content. He started a show called Pew News. He started uh, where he's commentating on culture. So, so people are just listening to him because of his personality, because of his humor. But guess what? He started gaming and not just gaming one game. He started not just in a niche, but niched even deeper, got known, blew up and then built influence and people started to pay attention. And I think that's the reason why having a niche is so important is because it's harder than ever before to get attention and break through the noise. And if you have a mixed message or you're trying to communicate too many messages at one time, you're just going to get lost in the cacophony of all of the other people that are just shouting a bunch of, noise. But what happens is when you have a very specific message that's designed for the right audience at the right time, that's published in the right places and it's the right message and it's the right content, then mm-hmm. boom, it's like a spear. Instead of being like a shotgun blast, it's like a laser. It's just very <laughs> narrow. It mm-hmm. just hits straight to that target audience. And then you can actually get attention. Somebody can actually You can actually stand out in that newsfeed. You can actually get that first customer or that lead. And then as someone comes into your world, you can actually reveal all kinds of other things, but you got to start small to get big.
0: Yes, I love that. And really, I don't know if like you can answer that, but just a question that like just popped up is, do you have like any advice on when one could start like transitioning a niche or like making a niche bigger? Like, is there any metrics or does it really depend on like every brand or I don't know, like the questions just popped up for me.
1: I think, it's, I think you have to base it off of seeing proven results and momentum. And so there's two pieces of advice. One, you gotta actually get some legitimate, in my opinion, it would be a financial target. It would, mm-hmm. be, it would be the fact that you'd say, okay, the base, here, here's what, ha- you know, think about even this, there's the famous story of Apple, kicks Steve Jobs out, then gets really confused with their messaging and their product line. They create tons <laughs> of different products all kinds of different things. And he comes back and he's like, whoa, we got to simplify this down. Here is the one thing we're doing. A lot of people that launch like physical products, my friend Pat Flynn is launching this product called the SwitchPod. He's having it manufactured. It's kind of like a little vlogging tripod. It's super cool. Mm. And he is, he's is he got a passion to do other products, but here's the thing. He's gonna get traction with one product first, get the one thing selling first. And it's, it's a tripod. So could he do lighting? Sure. Could he maybe do some audio equipment because he also helps people with podcasting? Yeah, he could probably brand some of his own stuff. But if you end up trying to do too many things all at once, again, it can not just clutter your message, but it could also clutter you as an entrepreneur. I think a lot of us are probably guilty of having a lot of started projects, mm. but maybe not finished projects. Yeah, You got to get your <laughs> one book Done, and then after you have it selling, the we just hit twenty thousand sales in our book, YouTube Secrets. Wow, and so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been amazing. But what's crazy is sometimes people think, wow, you know, it's almost a year old. You know, like what's the next book? And I'm like, what's the next book? It's this one still. Like, well, there's that's a ama- it's a cool milestone. But why don't we go to forty thousand? Why don't we go to hundred thousand? Meaning, we keep pointing our energy back to the one thing. And, and what I'm saying is, in answering your question, I think the first thing would be getting traction, getting momentum, you feel like, okay, I'm getting known, I'm getting the views, I'm generating the leads, I'm getting the income, whatever your objectives are, Mm -hmm. then here's a temptation, you could pivot then. Like for example, I teach uh, YouTube, video, a lot of those types of things, but one of my biggest passions is personal development. And -hmm. I've got a personal channel that I can't wait to go a little bit more into like mindset, personal development, Mm -hmm. energy, but the thing that I'm trying to take my own advice and say, could I do it now? Sure, I got passive income, I got a team, I got a business, but I don't think that'd be wise. And why, am I, why do I wanna even maybe change? Because I'm an entrepreneur. Like I wanna do something new. I've been talking about video for over a decade, but wisdom is I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like, Mm. I mean, there's people that are listening to your podcast, they never heard of me before. It's not like anyone even knows me, even though I have a million subscribers. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's so I'm just getting, I'm trying to stay narrow, stay small in terms of the niche that I'm in. So I'll have even more influence to pivot sometime in the future. And I want to do it when the time is right. So, tip number one is I think get momentum first, get income generating first, get traction first. When Dave Ramsey started selling Financial Peace University, I think he sold it for multiple years before he ever start, started expanding his business. Don't just hit six figures, hit seven, hit eight, hit multiple, you know, get some. And then what happens? Like those that those dollars can help you scale with team, systems, other things, which gives you more leverage to potentially expand out. So that's really what I would encourage and that even once you feel like you're ready to expand, you may want to consider I don't know, maybe I should double down and keep striking this same niche for a year, two, three, four, because I think there's, we're in such a distracted age. We just want to move on to the next thing, the next shiny object. But I feel like true game changers, the people that really get traction are people who have longevity and consistency in their message and brand. And and think about some of the great brands too. You're seeing like, You think about like a Nike. Like, Mm -hmm. as far as I know, you know, they're not like selling video games. They're not like (laughs) expanding into wedding dresses. You know what I mean? Like they just (laughs) they're they're this iconic global brand, but they're all about one thing. Now, let me just throw a little wrench into the mix here when it comes to those that say, okay, but what about variety? I'm multi-passionate. How could I have more variety? Well, one way to solve that is make sure you just have a consistent theme, a consistent message. And here's Mm -hmm. the illustration think of your brand like a magazine and i uh so uh, it's it's a, let's apply this to a youtube channel as well are you familiar with the magazine gq um mm, yes yes yeah so,
0: if you if you talk about it i i will know it so, yeah. so
1: gq is it's <laughs> i think it's based here in the u.s But there's i think there's like a european it's a men's fashion magazine
0: yeah, it's a men, I, I knew it was something with men
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so So GQ is a men's fashion magazine and, and, and it's pretty clear, like straight up. You're like, okay, I'm going to see some of the latest trends, a couple of the latest accessories, but when you flip through the pages, you'll see some summer cocktail recipes. You'll see the movies you should go to this summer. You'll see interviews with other leaders that are men and entrepreneurs and, and whoever that have some style and some substance and whatever else. And then you'll also see the fashion, but what's the point? their niche, their niche is actually more based around a person Mm -hmm. that it's based around a target audience that is multi-interested. So it's actually, I think possible to have, you you don't have to like just be about one thing potentially, but what's the theme? What's the cohesive message? Mm -hmm. Even if it is variety, there's, there's gotta be a common thread that ties it all together. And the reason this matters so much, we can go straight into tactics. The reason this matters so much is you don't want someone to subscribe to your YouTube channel for one reason and then be annoyed or actually confused by your next upload. Mm, that's yeah. gonna affect the algorithm and that's gonna be true across the You pl- know, it's like, so imagine I'm following you on Instagram. I see that there's this amazing workout video that gives me 60 seconds of like a little hit exercise. So I'm like, whoa. you know, this girl's awesome. She's teaching me how to, you know, stay fit. I'm going to follow her. I'm going to follow this exercise in the next post. If it's something completely off brand, like what what happened? I I signed up. I followed you for this particular value proposition, but now you're hitting me with something else. And so you want to make sure there's that cohesive theme. Now, maybe, I, I see that in the one post, it's like, well, this workout I can follow along with. In the next one, it's telling me a couple tips for how I can get into uh, ketosis. And so it's, it's recipes, it's workouts, it's maybe mindset, but what's it all under the umbrella of, like, hey, this Instagram account, this YouTube channel is all about getting you fit mentally, spiritually, and physically, you know, and then, okay, that's the brand. And then you have different shows kind of under that, but it all comes back to this same thing that you really, really want to have a niche. And I would say when you're really starting, it's even better to go smaller than that and become known for like the person who does kettlebell exercises, (laughs) you know, outdoors for women over 50. Because you can get traction in a very specific niche and then maybe a year or two expands and you find that you have a bigger fitness brand, but you started small with a very narrow group of people.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I hope everyone just took some notes because wow. Like, wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that value. Um, I was just thinking, I mean, you probably know that as well, but um, the book Vlog Like a Boss, right? There's this concept um where Amy, she's like, you have like different buckets of like content, like sub niches, if that makes sense. And you have to make sure that like every bucket is like filled up around the same amount. So it's like, Cohesive within the topics, like the subcategories. You know what I mean. So I think that's like a really cool way to like describe it as well.
1: Completely. And if I, you know, even speak to maybe a strength of my brand, but also a weakness, it's this kind of some insights that I think will be valuable. Mm-hmm. My channel, Think Media TV, Think Media, has a promise of bringing you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a tip, create a tagline. And here's how my intro goes. I don't just say the tagline, I also explain what I even mean, because it can kind of sometimes almost sing like, it's just kind of rhyming, it's kind of clever, but you say it so fast, what did it mean? Bring you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. You're like, what'd you just say, it was so fast. So, <laughs> so I go, uh, hey, what's up, Sean here with Think Media, Bring you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. And on this channel, we do a lot of tech gear reviews so you can find the best tools for creating content, as well as strategy videos so you can learn how to master the social media platforms. So mm-hmm. if you're new here, consider subscribing. Yeah. So that's two different things, it mm-hmm. really is. That's, that's the camera reviews and then it's the tips videos. So mm-hmm. to Amy's point, it's kinda two different buckets and then my goal mm-hmm. is to keep each equally full so that anyone subscribed would get both but then here's the bigger idea. With everything I know about YouTube analytics, with everything I study, the truth is, I have to consciously make this decision and know I'm kind of breaking this rule, but those two promises would be better served on two different YouTube channels. Mm And the YouTube algorithm would also appreciate it better because what happens is someone goes, man, I love Sean's camera videos. They click subscribe, but they go, I don't care what he has to say about strategy or tips. I just want cameras. I just want to know how to use my camera. So I'm kind of, they're skipping past, get, check this out. If someone subscribed to you, but they skip past your video when you post it because they, I'm not interested in that. What YouTube does now is they only distribute your videos to a small group of your subscribers. Depending on how a small group of your subscribers interacts with those videos will determine if they distribute it to a wider group of your subscribers. Mm -hmm. So if you post a video that someone goes, well, I'm not clicking on that, it'll kill the video, it just dies. Whereas if you keep stacking in a niche, you keep stat, you're on brand, you're on that niche. People are like, man, I love this video. Oh, I love this video. Oh man, every week, like this is just perfectly for me. You will blow your YouTube channel up. And so at some level, I'm clear on what I'm doing in my brand, but, and and I'm, you know, I'm at 850,000 subscribers. I'm like, I don't know if I want to start like a separate channel, Mm. but I have to be aware of the fact that what you want to do is, is really know who that subscriber, that follower is, and think about how you could serve that person. Now, it's fine. Ultimately, they're not going to like every video. I mean, they're not going to want to watch every topic. None of us do. We might skip a podcast episode here or there, but as much as possible, you want to stay in alignment. When you do, mm-hmm. you'll build momentum. You'll build your tribe faster. You will hack the algorithm better, and it's really where the magic is, and that all comes back to the power of having a niche.
0: Yeah yeah that's amazing and i I can only agree and i I see it with my youtube channel like I know now whenever I create videos like really around my niche, like they always trans like they always perform better like it's just how it is, and it's just really, really fascinating but then the thing is, and I really want some like real talk advice <laughs> like you said it yourself you have been like creating videos about video for like a decade, but is there ever I think you've mentioned it before. Is there ever a day when you're like, oh my God, I like I don't want to do it. I'm like bored. I want to talk about something else. Like, how do you still find the discipline to like stay in the niche while still feeling passionate about it and creative about it? So do you have like any real advice, like real talk, like truth?
1: <laughs> it's such a great question. I mean, first of all, I absolutely have times when I wanna quit, when I'm like, okay. I just feel like this is the butterfly effect. This is like deja vu. Am I just doing the yeah. same thing? Like for instance, we cover a tech show in Vegas every year called CES and we batch a lot of videos because there's so much. There's so many cameras and accessories on the show floor mm-hmm. that we, this last year, I've got a team helping me, but we shot 29 videos in four days. Wow. And so <laughs> this event, not, not only is it kind of like scary cause I look at it and I'm like, that looks like climbing a mountain, man. Mm. Like This is a lot of work but I'm also like, we've done this the last four years, five years. Are we going back? Why are we going back? I, I I don't want, you know, and I have to really kind of revert back to the fact of this, that, you know, the, whoever said like, do what you love as an entrepreneur and you'll never work a day again in your life. That is the stupidest thing I've ever, you got to be kid- like any real entrepreneur <laughs> knows that. No, you actually work every day. I mean, of course there's those days Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, this is just the dream. Those moments where, I don't know, you go to a conference or you speak on stage or you just do something where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this is just amazing. This is all euphoria. But every real entrepreneur knows that there's days you get up, you don't feel like doing it. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the mundane. And so I think it's just acknowledging that it kind of comes back to discipline. Mm -hmm. And then the deeper kind of real talk of it though, is I think that you always gotta come back to strong reasons, like mm-hmm. reasons come before results. So when I think about talking about cameras, I mean, I'll tell you this, you get me fired up, because my reasons <laughs> go like so much deeper than cameras. Here's what I learned. I learned that cameras are how I get to meet people. Cause look, people don't know Sean, they just know what's the best camera for YouTube and they're searching that. Mm-hmm. When they meet me, I can add value to that individual by saying, hey, I've done all this testing, I've been doing video, so here's all this stuff. But hopefully, I'm gonna weave in some of my personality Mm -hmm. and I'm also gonna weave in calls to action because my ultimate passion is to really change people's lives with Mm -hmm. personal development, business development. My ultimate passion is to generate massive wealth, not for fame or followers or, or any of that stuff. I mean, that stuff's cool, but because I'm really fueled personally by my faith, by my family, by our mission, by the impact we want to make in the world. And so what I've done is I've reframed, like, this is a business. I am a content creator that has to get up and produce results, whether I feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. And it's unto something else. Because what I've learned, we just had a conference this last year called Grow With Video Live. And it's our annual conference in Las Vegas. And so people came, they're like, I came thinking I was going to learn video, which I did. And I'm no joke, this couple... Uh, they go, but we ended up having like our business changed, our marriage changed, like our, <laughs> like, and I was like, my gosh, but that because that was our passion. But here's the thing there's actually uh, an ancient verse that says, You're see a man who's skilled in what he does, um, he'll serve before kings, not common men. Your gift will make a way for you. That niche, that skill that you have, that's the way to like open a door. Like, the reason I've I, I developed this skill call video, and it opened doors to places that I've never believed I could have been. Yeah. So I found that particular thing. So it's it's kind of having deeper reasons behind that thing that might become a little bit mundane. But then mm-hmm. I get fired up when I think about the bigger mission that we're um, pursuing, and then I also get fired up now because I'm accountable. I think you need like uh, here's what I mean. You need like to almost make yourself more accountable as an entrepreneur as you evolve to put yourself in, I think, risky situations and demand situations. Mm-hmm. Who right now will suffer if you don't show up? We all need to know that. Who right now may, and, and, and here's the answer, well, that person that you're called to reach, because I hope everybody yeah. listening, has, they know that they wanna impact that end person and help them. So mm-hmm. if you don't show up today and create that content, even though you're kind of bored with it, they might not uh, be impacted. Yeah. But now I got a team, which mm-hmm. at first stressed me out because I was like, okay, when I was just creating videos by myself, me and my wife, we built a six-figure income. We could have settled there. We really could have. And that, and that wouldn't necessarily have been bad, but I, it could have because I think that if, if you're not moving forward, you're, you're slipping backwards. That's just the way life is. Like mm-hmm. I, I really think you always got to be pressing on. So what happened? I stretched myself. Once I had a team, I was like, Shoot, man! If like this, if this doesn't work, like their kids don't eat. So and then I was like, man, I don't care how I feel about video. Like <laughs> Isaiah, Heather, like their kids, like Kaylee, mm. uh, Cyrus, Nathan. Like I think about them, and I think, yeah. okay, I gotta show up. And then I also try to just the last one would also just be practical. And here's what it is: tired eyes rarely see a bright future. Hmm if you want to stay passionate about what you're doing, you got to make sure you're taking breaks, mm-hmm. that you've got margin for rest, that you've got margin, margin for just random creativity. So many YouTube creators, it's actually all over the internet, there's all these articles, are burning out. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they don't have teams, systems, routines, mm-hmm. and, and they're on this, like, the, the YouTube algorithm is like cookie monster. It's like, the, it's like the video monster. It's like feed me, feed me. And, and you can get into this pattern where you have constant just going anxiety. You're afraid like if I don't upload, you know, will my whole world, you know, crumble. But, but yeah, you know what? Maybe it will. But at some point, like what's worse is if you're so burnt out, you're so exhausted, you're so stressed out that you're taking years off the end of your life, putting strain on your relationships. So at some point, you got to let the business go for a second, take some time off, and I've always found that when I have the right amount of margin and the right amount of rest, that my mood, my attitude, my outlook, of course, is better. And we have to take responsibility as entrepreneurs for that. There's no one else that's going to do that for you than you to manage your schedule, to block your time, to put that necessary vacation on. Sean, but, you know, I don't know if I could afford Yeah, You can't afford it. Like, you, you can't. Like, you just have to budget it. You have to plan for it. It is up to you to manage your personal health and mental health To, uh, you know, defend against Mm -hmm. burning yourself out because your mission is too important to kill yourself in the next six months, but -hmm. ultimately fall short of the next 60 years of what you're supposed to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Having that longevity mindset, I I think helps us make better decisions in the short term.
0: Yeah, I think... It's so nice how you, how you said that with the mission and like thinking about the people you want to impact, because if you don't have like a mission that's bigger than you and you don't have a responsibility that's bigger than you, like it's so easy to just like give up. So if we can like all move like our focus away from like ourselves to the people we want to help, I think that's like such a big motivator. Um, and I think that that was so nice that you shared that. So thank you. And actually, now that we are like a bit deeper, which I like the the deep life talk, um, <laughs> I want to ask you, Sean, um, any, well, okay. So do you ever, or I know, I mean, everyone does, but what limiting beliefs and just like, I don't know, like just not believing in yourself like any limiting beliefs what are the limiting beliefs that you faced in the past and even now maybe today maybe yesterday like are there any times that you say like who am i to do this like who am i to write this book like no one is gonna want it and blah 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 like all those limiting beliefs like what exact limiting beliefs do you personally have if you want to share like i always think it's so interesting when people share that and how do you like overcome them
1: So Laura, that is such a great question. And man, I've got a ton. I think (laughs) the first big ones were actually even starting and putting myself out there in the first place. And here's what's crazy was I actually started video production, volunteering in my local church in 2003. By 2007, that was the first channel I managed. So I was kind of behind the camera um, filming I was also on camera, but in a context of like making videos for announcements on the weekends at church. But when it came to like putting myself on YouTube, to the internet, to the world, I was terrified. And I was much more confident, like, hey, I can edit, I could shoot video. I was even actually, by 2010, helping other YouTubers optimize their videos. But my friend Benji, now fast forward, co-author of YouTube Secrets, he he kept speaking into me. He's like, Sean, you could do this and you you know but i just didn't believe it for myself i had imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome i'm just like Mm -hmm. what do i have to say what you know and so what was maybe the remedy for that i think it's who you surround yourself with and what you're listening to yeah that's that's the biggest thing what's going to level you up is being around people that challenge you to think bigger and Mm -hmm. by the way if that's not actually in your proximity it's listening to podcasts like this it's realizing Mm -hmm. that no one is actually going to ever come and give you permission you have yeah. to just choose yourself. You have to just mm-hmm. raise your own voice and put yourself out there. Don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Everybody mm-hmm. starts ugly, starts messy, and you got to just start. Um, Zig Ziglar is famous for the quote, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to have to start to be great. And so yes, you got to just start. And so it was nice having Benji. That was one of the first ones. Then fast forward was I think there was a limiting belief for me that I could – like do this full time. Like I just put Mm. stepping out as an entrepreneur into like the distant future. I had confidence actually that I could do it eventually, but I didn't really have confidence that I could do it like right now. And I remember I Mm. interviewed a friend of mine and she's a kind of a lifestyle YouTuber named Nikki Philippi and she was in a life season. (laughs) Yeah, she's awesome. Um, She was in a life season where her husband was working full time. Mm -hmm. She was able to work at home, no kids. And so she, really actually felt like she should start a YouTube channel. So she went all in and actually was able to, in about six months, get it to a place where she was making some money And in about a year, I think make it so he didn't have to work anymore. Like it was wow. really so fast. But the reason why was because she was able to go all in. Now, mm-hmm. some of us can't do that. You still got to juggle your day job, your side hustle, your freelance work, whatever. But what I, when I look back, I think, man, I just didn't really actually see how much potential and possibility was really actually there. Mm -hmm. I, I just put it into the distant future. And if I would have been a little more disciplined, a little more focused on putting out consistent content on my YouTube, because that's the deal. uh, That's the deal. If you are not consistently Mm -hmm. doing outputs for your side hustle, you are delaying it. It's kind of like, it's like you want to compress decades into days. It's like if you only work on your side hustle one hour a month, well, then it's going to take you a long time to get there. But if you could get to the place where no, I'm going to pump 10 hours, 20, 30 hours, maybe you got a 32 hour job, but like, I'm going to put the time in and treat this like a real business, like a real thing sooner. Like I was kind of afraid of making that leap. And so that was another huge limiting belief. And then probably the biggest one now, or the most recent ones is now that I'm even into Running a business, we have like a team of 10 people. Is I still have limiting beliefs of trying to think of myself like a CEO and not mm. just a creator. Mm. Of course, I'm a creator, but you have to. Sh- 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 I heard it on one person say it this way not that I'm trying to call myself a celebrity, but they said you have to move from celebrity to CEO. Mm. You have to actually change your thinking, change your identity, change your role. Because if you're just the creator forever, that's another reason you're going to burn out. So a limiting Mm -hmm. belief would be, you know what, I I just, I'm not really a business owner. I'm just an artist. Well, if if you Mm -hmm. say that, that's probably how it's always going to be. You know what? I'm not, I don't know if I'm good. I could be good with delegation and leadership and building a team. Well, if you're really going to build something sustainable, you better learn, you know, like, and, and it might take way longer than you thought. I remember when I started realizing I needed to, to delegate. I ordered a couple books and I thought, hey, by the time I finished the books, I'll know how to do this, wasn't the case. It took me years, it took me years of like, trying to reprogram my mind, get around people mm-hmm. that were scaling, get around people that were building bigger businesses, get around people who could, uh, you know, I'm. what if I hire somebody and I spend some money on them, they don't work out and I lose the money. And I talked to people and they were like, that will happen, that's, that's just gonna be part of the process. And it, mm-hmm. like, then you'll just move past them, like, get back up and hire the next person, just like anything you've done. Of course there's mistakes and of course there was loss. And of course, you know, so I was like, oh, you know, so making sure if you're around the right people, you're being challenged, you're, you're really leveling up that, you, I love that you asked this question. We, all of us have to really evolve our identities. Like mm-hmm. who you are today is probably not who you need to be for tomorrow. And that's why personal growth is so important, renewing our mind, Renewing our identity, leveling up, because you need to be a different person to move into the next era. One last way to put that would be like, if you want to make seven figures in your business and so you're making six figures in your business, you can't keep acting like a six-figure entrepreneur mm-hmm. and expect to get to seven. You actually have to change and be different. The people that are doing multiple seven figures, they're not doing the same things they don't have the same habits. They don't have the same. So, but the limiting belief is, ah, uh, you know, just been stuck here and plateaued here at, at this financial thing for forever. No, you can relearn and kind of almost like reprogram your mind by reading, by getting to the right mm-hmm. places, by being around the right people, walk with the wise and you'll become wise. Mm-hmm. And And over time, those limiting beliefs I found uh, get broken off. But I tell you what, Laura, they're nonstop. I mean, every single day, I'm waking up to a new limiting belief that I have to conquer and intentionally, um, you know, find ways to overcome.
0: Yeah, I love the quote. And I think it's so fitting here. It's like every level has a new devil because it's so true. Like, (laughs) Like the fear and the comfort zone and this feeling of like, Fear, yeah, just fear honestly, because it's all just fear, right, like fearing that whatever's coming, we can't work it out, right, so, um, you just mentioned reprogramming, which oh my gosh, like I feel like this is all making so much sense because, like <laughs> on the podcast, lately, it has been a lot about mindset because I've like also been really deep diving into like reprogramming and journaling and visualizing all of those things, so. What are some of your favorite tools to do your mindset work? To do reprogramming, maybe daily habits that we could implement as well. Like, what are your favorite things to do? To yeah,
1: yeah, it's great. So um, one is I am a huge believer in a couple of things. Number one, actually, I think uh, having like a prize fighter morning routine. Mm, um, yes, <laughs> morning so routine important. is it's just everything because. Every, if, like, I really believe if you win the morning, then you can win the day. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of times though I'll wake up and I hate when I do this, but I still will. I'll just open up Instagram, I'll just start scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just think about like, oh man, my back's kind of sore. Like, ah, oh, geez, a lot of work today. Man, kind of got a headache, like, mm-hmm. uh, like you know. <laughs> and, and, and I could just sit there, I don't know how you are, you know, you're zombie mode. So I, I've realized I need something external to activate me. So, so I want to put my mindset like that could be triggered by music, by reading, right? Because now, I, now I'm able to just let my zombie brain read the right words. So for me, there's a couple things then practically that I like to do to change my mind. Uh, my faith is a big thing for me. There's actually an mm-hmm. app called the Streetlights app, and it's actually scripture, like the Bible, over mm-hmm. hip hop beats. Oh, wow. And so, it's really cool. Yeah, it's totally free. And so, um, you, you know, I turned something on about that. And now I, I'm just being reminded that, you know, God loves me. I'm being reminded that, like, I, I, I'm more than a conqueror that I could be, you know, I'm, I'm getting my confidence, I'm getting my outlook, getting vision, capturing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I also um, will sometimes it's just music. I will go into my office, I have a playlist. That's actually all kind of ambient, kind of classical, kind of almost Odessa, like a little bit of just like morning instrumental. And I sit down and I'll journal, I'll read a little, and I like to read, not like marketing books. I like to read I I Grow Rich, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some leadership stuff, that kind of things, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's just going to be inspirational or maybe like a, a th- a 356 day kind of like daily leadership. So I've got a bunch of books mm-hmm. on my shelf and I just want to get, uh, those kind of thoughts, just get my mind primed. Um, and then there's also even some stuff. My friend Peter Vugt has a mixtape. It's called, uh, ambition is priceless. It's a series. It's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but same thing. He, he has guests on there. So he's had like, you know, his Lewis Howes and, Ed Milet and Tom Bilyeu on their most, most recent one, as well as some of his stuff. That's all about mindset and mm-hmm. tracks are called like rise and grind and go get it and different things. So that's just what I like. I'm, I love hip hop. I kind of love, uh, like beats and, and whatnot, as well as motivation, mindset, personal development type of content, um, audio as well. And sometimes when I go running, um, that actually does help me. I, I, I do this, I think of it, it's called, um, like think and move. Our, our movement's called Think Media, but Think and Move is just this idea that go on a walk and put something good in your ears. Audiobook, podcast, well. mm-hmm. yeah, YouTube motivation video, but again, go yeah. move too. So you can run or just go mm-hmm. on walks. So now you're getting oxygen, blood flow, plus you're getting good content. And, and I think this is also important. We're not just talking about put good in. What some people knew is they need to stop putting the bad in. I mean, if you mm. start the day and turn on the news first thing, I'm all for the news. But like now all of a sudden you've got anxiety over a whole bunch of world problems that you have no power to influence at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And now you you got enough battles of your own for your own family, your own mindset, your own mm-hmm. stuff. And so I just like to protect. I don't want to put mindless entertainment you know, like I can't, I'm i personally, I don't want to offend anybody, but I hate morning shows. I'm just like, dude, I don't mm. like just random pop culture. I don't care what that person's doing. I don't need to know about the sale on this Tupperware. I don't, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to actually take control over my day and be very intentional mm-hmm. about what I'm putting in my mind and in my spirit. So I, and that's like every day that's, it's usually five days a week. I'm, I'm lately because of what we've built in our business, we've been really able to take weekends off. I know that Maybe that's normal for most people, but hey, as an entrepreneur, a lot of us probably (laughs) probably know there's like seven (laughs) days a week. But we got to a place where like we're pretty dark on the weekends. Like we're really, but five days a week, I grind, man. I mean, I'm still. We we could have retired a while ago, but I don't believe we're put on planet Earth for the four hour work week. Mm. Um, I actually. Oh my gosh, quote this. (laughs) That was good. But I I believe in the four hour work week because if Mm. you create. A business that you can do in four hours you've bought time to go work on other projects to impact mm-hmm. and make a difference but uh, I'm all about passive income for sure but anyways mm-hmm. so so yeah it's like I, it's every day I realize just this morning and not to keep going on this but this morning got up went on a run listened to like an EDM playlist the whole time because that gets me like fired up but um, <laughs> And then as I was taking a shower, I, I listened to the streetlights app and I was listening to like the book of Matthew, a little bit in there. And then mm-hmm. I was listening to my friend, Peter Voog's mixtape for like a song or two uh, about, you know, get up and grind and some like leadership and becoming indispensable stuff. And then boom, I sat down and after that morning and I'm fired up, I'm ready to go mm-hmm. and I'm ready to take on the fires and the challenges and the mountains that I might encounter today.
0: Yeah. That is so amazing. That was so much inspiration and I can only like agree. I just wrote down a few things and I also do that thing like um, pages before I'm allowed to go on my phone. So like every morning first I have to read at least a little bit before I'm allowed to go on my phone and that helps like a ton. And also what I wanted to mention is it's it's funny that you mentioned the like walking and like Putting something in your mind whilst you walk. Because um, when I was in uni, I think it was like one and a half years ago, maybe that's when I started um, listening really to podcasts um, or like even two years ago. And uh, I know you know uh, Angie Lee as well, right? And she was like the first podcast I listened to. And I remember like every day when I was walking to uni, instead of like being frustrated that I had to go to uni again, I would always listen to the podcast and that would get me like so motivated, so fired up. And it's just like 30 minutes of time that you would spend like listening to music or like just walking and doing nothing. So that's like such a big tip. And then what I also wanted to um, say again is like, it's so important to have this, something that's bigger than yourself. Like you mentioned your th- your faith. Like to me, it's like spirituality and just believing in like something bigger than you. I think it's like that helps so much as well with like generally like motivation. So yeah.
1: I love it. And yeah, Angie Lee is awesome.
0: She's amazing. <laughs> She's so cool. Yeah, I love her so much. Um, what I also want to ask you Oh my God, I could ask you so so many things. Like it's so hard to, to pick the question. <laughs> um, but I would want to ask um, because I also love like discussing that. Like where do you see and um, the whole market of like content creators and online business, where do you see that like developing over the next few years? And what can we do to really um, create a good basis if we want to be successful in that
1: industry? I'm glad you asked this question because there's something I haven't shared anywhere else yet that's been hitting me really strong. And it's, it, it, this is going to sound almost cliche, but it's, in my opinion, very profound. Of course, in my own opinion, it's, <laughs> it's kind of not trying to self-congratulate there. But I mean, here's, uh, ultimately, it's this, you got to go all in right now. And here's what mm-hmm. I mean. I get the question a lot, hey, is YouTube too crowded? Is social media too saturated? And what I really feel from all the data we analyze and from what we've seen, the truth is YouTube is 14 years old. You know, Mm -hmm. Facebook's like 12 years old. Instagram's like nine years old. So the platforms are getting more mature. If you compare them to kids, they're like teenagers, right? They're like Mm -hmm. coming into, but on the flip side, I actually really, just like anything, things go in cycles. And one of the trends I'm noticing right now is there is a, a big, anti-phone, anti-social media movement that honestly I agree with. Like mm-hmm. people, people are getting addicted to their phones. They're taking more time off. So the point is, I think, you know, they're, they're going on social media fast. They're giving up social media. And so I, looking down the road, I actually think the, the, I wouldn't even say we're in the golden era, you know, mm-hmm. of that's that's maybe past a bit. It was kind of like, yeah, you should have bought real estate in Newport Beach, California, Um, you know, 30 years ago, the second best Mm -hmm. time to buy it was 15 years ago. And if you try to go buy a home out there today, it's freaking expensive. You know, like it's just more Mm -hmm. expensive. And so um, I think that where I see it going is that people need to go all in because it's still, here was the other insight, organic reach. Organic reach at one time was crazy on Instagram, amazing on Facebook. Then it was like 10% or 12. Then it was like three. Now it's like 1%. So if you've got 1,000 followers, you're getting like 100 people liking your stuff, right? Or less. And so mm-hmm. what that happens to people is they go, oh, you know what? I missed it. I missed the era when it was 100%. I missed the era when it was 10%. You know mm-hmm. what? Is it even worth my time anymore? And that is the absolute wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. You're going to look back in three years and miss the era when it was 1%. You're going to look back and miss when it's, it's no percent, when it just kind of doesn't work anymore and it's not worth your time. Here's what I know. It is worth your time right now. Mm-hmm. And the best time to start building your platform was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. And I really feel people ask me even, I think, okay, I used to edit, like if I do an Instagram post or a video on Instagram in the past if it would have got 10,000 views and now it only gets 1,000, some people go, oh, does that make you want to give up? I'm like, no, I'm still getting a freaking 1,000 views. This mm-hmm. platform is still free. This, it's still building my, you just got to you know, do what you could do. It's like, if it's great and amazing and ridiculous, of course, squeeze it for all it's worth, but there's still so much to squeeze. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would encourage people to like realize that, I don't know, five years from now, maybe less than that, that you want to establish your brand, yourself, your business on these platforms. You want to put the work in now to mm-hmm. be in the relevant places where attention is. And I do see it shifting. On a more kind of optimistic level, I think um, I'm very interested in, in the e-learning space and the digital product space. Mm. I'm sure some people in your audience have, are, already have a digital product or mm. maybe they're thinking about creating one in my opinion, I think every entrepreneur should get into the digital product space mm-hmm. at some level. And there's stats that by 2022, there's going to be over a billion dollars a day globally spent in that industry, a billion dollars a day. That's $356 billion a year. And I'm saying, you want a piece of that. I want a piece mm. of that. A percent of a percent of a billion a day, by the way, one billion per day going in, you want to, you want a piece of that. And it's kind of, I, I feel like it's the next frontier. We've seen, of course, a lot of established things, Udemy or Skillshare mm-hmm. as some public platforms, creative live with Chase Jarvis. You know, I don't know if you saw, I think it's Cambridge university partnered with creative live, which is deeply fascinating to me because it's like a traditional, it's, I think it's the oldest standing university. And I, I think that's active. I could be wrong, but I heard that. And, um, <laughs> And Creative Live though is the new school e-learning, social media, photography, online video type of you know courses. Ooh. And what they said is they said we're going to give our students access to this because we realized for them to be equipped and to be actually ready for what the modern world is throwing at them, mm-hmm. they need to learn these new skills, social media, these new tools. And so as students enrolled in our school, they get full access to Creative Live, and it was this partnership. That also means that DIY course creators, which would be any of us as small business owners or entrepreneurs, we need a piece of that industry as well. And, you know, a good example is, oh, we have an inner circle program and mm-hmm. it's like a monthly coaching program. And in that program is, is McCain dogs. This couple that has, they're in Canada, they have a, uh, like 70 employees, local business, helping people train their dogs to um, behave, you know, to heal, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And they do that locally. But what they did was to bolt on another stream of income for their business. They created a digital course on training your dog or having your dog dog stop going to the bathroom in the you know house or whatever, mm-hmm. all these things. And they put that online. And, and what did it do? It just created a whole nother income stream. It just created a whole nother stream of customers. It just tapped into the global market. And e-learning and digital courses are highly leveraged because they only have to create it once, Mm -hmm. but they can sell it every day Mm -hmm. for weeks, months, and years to come even, especially something like that that's kind of more evergreen in the sense of their philosophy and strategies for training your dog. So I'm deeply, I'm very, I think that's a big one. And Mm -hmm. for those that want to build extra streams of income or even make that a primary stream of income, build like a real business with something to sell, Mm -hmm. I think digital products is a frontier you definitely want to be a part of
0: yeah that's amazing and i i totally agree like online courses are like getting so popular and there are like on, like there's online courses about like everything so like you can be so creative with it and i mean you guys have done it with like um video ranking academy like that's just such an amazing course um i just want to know maybe like two or three of like maybe um, how could we we. Um, Let's let's name it two or three like 2019 new success metrics for like content creators that are just starting now, or like even content creators who have been doing it. But like, what are some new success metrics now with like this, or like even success metrics for the future? You know what I mean? Like, do you have a few like metrics we could think Um, about?
1: If I'm understanding your question. Here's how I def- what I think winning looks like. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes, that's, on- that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, <laughs> love it.
1: And so, uh, you know, another thing that I think is important is that none of us get too romantic about vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Meaning, here's something I'm excited about: Instagram TV came out, kind of flopped. It was hard to get people to go there, mm-hmm. and then it, it, I thought I didn't think it would die because I knew Instagram you know, is owned by Facebook and has like unlimited money and they would never give up. But I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know if this is going to take off. But then they started the newsfeed distribution. Mm-hmm. And now that you could do the preview of the newsfeed, if I had a video that got 600 views, now it's getting 6,000. And so I'm like, wow, that's, that's cool. So we've been going more into IGTV, but the thing that people need to remember though, is I think sometimes we're like, wow, you know, I got, I got seven thousand five hundred views, or I got seven hundred views on a little Instagram post. That's Mm -hmm. amazing, man. My business is is growing. Well, okay. Well, let's go a little bit deeper. So IGTV, you can you can go into the video when you're logging into your account. You can like tap these like little dots, and there is analytics. So then I open up my analytics, and I'm like, whoa, that audience retention is horrible. Like at least for me, it just like is this this waterfall just straight down, and then it kind of curves out, and then especially at the 60 second mark, you can see, which is when the preview ends and it says, finish the video on IGTV, people just don't Mm -hmm. leave. They go, so, but Mm -hmm. what what I look, is I look at it and I go, okay, well it got 7,000 views. I actually look though at how many, there are still people that finished it, about 10 or 5%. -hmm. So just being realistic that I don't, I'm not discouraged that not 7,000 people finished it. I'm grateful that the 700 or 350 people finished it, and that's the people that I wanna to talk to. Here's a nugget, if you're doing paid ads, if you're doing um, Facebook ads or anything like that, you're, you have the ability to only remarket to people who consume, consume a certain amount of a mm-hmm. video. And so Facebook's always like the three second view is what it does to give you a view. Who cares about that view? That is meaningless in my opinion, mm-hmm. But what I'm really interested in is in the seven people who made it to the last 25% of the video and we have the ability to actually put another message in front of those people. So what am I saying? The metrics is go deep, like focus on the people who are actually, actually care and this is a huge benefit for you because you can you know, take it to that place where um, you know, remarketing or whatever it is to reach those people. Another, then the one other metric that I would say that matters besides like, so I'm thinking about consumption, like mm-hmm. watch time, people that are really consuming it, not just those vanity views that were there for four seconds. Additionally, comments and mm-hmm. any co- and shares. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And so rather than, I mean, yeah, 10,000 views is fine, but like no, you know, it was five seconds because the first few seconds of the video was so interesting. Mm-hmm. But if someone leaves a comment or clicks the share button, that is real engagement. So if you measured your success by comments and not by views, or measure your success not even by likes, but by comments, by uh, shares, and how about number three for entrepreneurs right now that are using social media? It is truly going down in the DMs. Mm, like yes, DMs <laughs> is major right mm-hmm. now. In fact, we just I just pulled a report, and uh, from from hustling in the DMs. Let me see if I can look this up here. Um, For one of our offers in just like the last month or so, we generated $2,826. Some of that will be payments. It'll be uh, total Mm -hmm. with completed payments, $5,766. That is not from email. That's not from content, which to be fair, content generated interest that people Mm -hmm. would even be in my DMs, but it wasn't from paid ads. It wasn't from Twitter. It, you know, it was just, that's Instagram, by the way, Instagram mm-hmm. DMs, talking to people, getting to know them and then letting them know what we have curiosity marketing. One of my mentors, Shaleen yeah. Johnson talks to me about, uh, taught me about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, where people are like, Hey, I want to go to another level. I want to go deeper. What is it you have? Mm-hmm. And then those conversations are going down in the DMs. LinkedIn messages, a lot of spam there, but still a great place to do business and Mm -hmm. and Instagram DMs, Twitter a little bit, Facebook message. Um, I know it's a lot to keep up with, but we call it one-to-one or hand-to-hand social media combat. Mm -hmm. I think a big opportunity is is not worrying as much about virality, you know, like how do I get 10,000 views, who cares? How do you just get a few customers that you have a meaningful connection with, go deep with them and just keep repeating that process? It's truly going down on the DMs. So practically a metric is how many DMs am I getting? How can I create content that leads to people? How can I start a conversation in my profile or on stories or, and then continue the conversation in the DMs?
0: Yes. Thank you so much for, for that advice. I love how practical the advice is as well. And just like, oh my gosh, like I feel your energy and like your fire, your passion. It's, it's, it's so great. It's so great. Um, so I'm aware of your time. So I want to ask you one more question. Kind of has to do with like yourself is, do you have like any vision of where you want to see your brand like I mean I'm sure you do but if you want to share just maybe a few sneak peeks something inspiring something motivating I don't know I just really love like talking about like goals and dreams and it's just so fun so where do you see your brand heading like in the future what's your vision and is there anything cool we can expect like what do you want to share
1: I mean, this, uh, I love that question too. Um, I love vision, love goals. Mm-hmm. You know, on the one hand, I feel like we're just getting started. In fact, full transparency, this is crazy. I don't, I, uh, up until like a month ago, I've been a sole proprietor here in the US, meaning I did not even have an incorporated business and we've been generating like seven figures for a couple <laughs> of years. That is in freaking sanity. Wow. But hey, <laughs> it's, it's rough. I mean, hey, like it's, that's not my skill set. obviously, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so and so we've been like bootstrap like contractors and whatnot and so we just we just got our S corp set up and we're going to have like LLCs under it and it's just been a process and I mean to be fair there's we've dealt with certain things in our family with chronic illness and challenges mm. and and the struggle is real sometimes mm. nothing is messy it's not all perfect but what I mean I feel like we're honestly even though this sounds I don't mean this to sound like even pompous but like even though we're about to hit a million subscribers I feel like we're just getting started mm-hmm. because um, I feel like the players are on the bus as far as some of the key team members that are here. I feel like, um, we're clear on our mission now and our vision mm-hmm. more a couple of years ago. I was just trying to survive. I mean, even where we are, you, I had to like, it, it was, it's been an evolution. Someone say, did you like start this with this grandiose vision? I was like, no, I, I started this cause I needed some freaking money because right. we were broke mm-hmm. and you know, my wife was sick and we were, we were so It started one way, but as it evolved, our visions expanded. Mm -hmm. And so all that to say is uh, we're excited. Think Media is a media education company to help people learn online video. And what does Mm -hmm. that mean? A couple of things coming up. Our annual event is a big thing for us. We have a one-day event this year, 2020. It's going to be in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's called Grow With Video Live. Um, we're we're rebuilding VRA and just making it even better and everybody who has it, you know, gets access to that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the last piece is probably, it's a weird comparison. Some of your audience will get it and some won't, but i kind of feel like we're trying to build the Wu-Tang clan. And, uh, wh- what I mean by that is there's this Showtime documentary. I actually grew up on the Wu, you know, Macklemore, that's what they say when Wu-Tang raised you, you know, it's like, okay. So like, for those who don't even know what I'm talking about, the Wu-Tang was kind of a unique band because uh, hip-hop group, because they had nine members, which was insanity. Like there was groups of three, groups of four, groups of two. They had nine members that brought this unique style to hip-hop. They're 25 years old now. Um, but what I realized was, as I mentioned, a few years ago, I was just thinking about myself and my family. We were just trying to survive. But mm-hmm. I went, once we built a six-figure income, and once I was doing YouTube full-time, I had felt like I'd kind of accomplished my dreams. I was like, I've built a life on my own terms. Mm. I'm working from home. I, 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 you know, my wife and I are doing, like we're working through stuff with, uh, with health stuff, but like are, we're blessed. Like our life's amazing. Like we're doing what we love. Like we got great friends, great family. This is it. We could stay here. But that, I kind of went through like a quarter life crisis. Mm. Like what's next? Like what's, what's next? And I had to capture new vision And I think the way to articulate that was shifting from climbing ladders to building ladders. And that's the vision of our company, is to build ladders for others. I mean, we're on a mission to help 10,000 people create financial freedom, leveraging online video and social media, but then also building ladders for other people on my team. So now Think Media is not a Sean Cannell channel. Heather Torres is creating content on there. Omar El-Takori is creating content. Nolan Molt is creating content. And we're building a media company. That was a decision kind of inspired by the Wu-Tang Clan, kind of inspired by Grant Cardone. He has, love him or hate him, he has a a show called Young Hustlers that Mm -hmm. he put Jared Glant on and they sat together and he helped kind of build his brand. And now Jared can stand there solo and people realize he's got the chops, he's legit. That's sort of the future of Think Media. We're, it's, it's not about a Sean Cannell thing, it's about a movement thing. It's about our tribe, our community. It's about our bigger team. It's about um, not just climbing ladders, but building ladders. And we wanna help people and add value. And I also want to use my platform to make a massive impact. And, and for those that I love and that have been loyal and that have poured into our movement and whatnot, and so we're putting other people in, that means you know, we're stronger together and, and just like Riza had the Wu-Tang and he identified talent and uh, made something that we can make a massive impact together, but you guys can also have solo projects and you guys can make a massive impact. It's mm-hmm. kind of what we're doing. And so it's an interesting question. I've never really shared that before anywhere, but uh, <laughs> that's sort of what's coming up.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. That's really cool. And I honestly, I'm so grateful how like this episode went. Like we we talked about like the little things, like the tactics and the strategies, but then we also like talked about like big picture stuff and mindset. And Sean, thank you so much. Is there anything you would like to give a shout out to or anywhere where we can follow you? I mean, obviously I will link everything down below in the show notes, but anything special you would like to point out?
1: I appreciate it, Laura. And I just want to say thank you so much. I, I love your vibe and I just am honored no. to be here to hang out with you and your community. <laughs> There's just a, the main things are um I think YouTube secrets, if anyone wants to learn YouTube, mm-hmm. the, the ebook is just super affordable, or you can get the physical book at any Amazon around the world. So Amazon UK should have it in physical, digital audiobooks out now in audible. Oh um, that's
0: so cool. I didn't know there was an audio version. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, that came out recently. So YouTube secrets, I mean, Canada, U.S., all the Amazons should have it Mm -hmm. locally. And so if people are interested and then check out the two main YouTube channels, Think Media for getting that camera, get some accessories for your Mm -hmm. smartphone to start creating content, as well as a lot of strategic social media and online video training. And then we have a weekly interview show on our Video Influencers channel, which I started with the co-author of uh, YouTube secrets, and uh, we share very specific online video tips and interviews with entrepreneurs and YouTubers, like social media influencers that are killing it. Because I feel like those are the two groups to learn from. We we specifically wanted to have like the entrepreneurs learn from the YouTubers, but then the YouTubers need to learn from the entrepreneurs because a lot of YouTubers yes. don't know how to build businesses, yes. and a lot of entrepreneurs don't know how to market and build social media influence. So yes. we bring on. Amen. <laughs>
0: So true. <laughs> yes.
1: So that's it. Video influencers, think media, the book, YouTube secrets. And then of course, make sure you never miss an episode of the digital diamonds podcast.
0: Aww, thank you, Sean. Thank you so, so, so much. You have no idea. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you so so much for listening to this podcast episode if you enjoyed it I would very much appreciate it if you could take a screenshot why is this car driving by our house right now <laughs> if you could reshare it on your Instagram story by taking a screenshot of you listening to this podcast right now and then tagging myself at laura underscore digital diamonds as well as Sean whose Instagram I will link down below in the description box or in the show notes of this episode and also by the way guys I would so appreciate it if you haven't done so and if you've listened to the podcast for quite a while now I would very much appreciate it if you would give it a five-star review in the iTunes store and also write an iTunes review because then we can get this message out to more people and that would be just so cool and I would so appreciate it so anyway I really hope you guys took a lot of notes because this episode was full of value and yeah, oh my gosh, I'm so like happy, so proud and that was just such a great experience. So thank you so so much for listening and you will hear from me in the next podcast episode on the digital diamonds. Bye guys!